everyone. Welcome to our virtual event series, T-Quorum. I'm super excited to be here today with Chris Corella, who is the product lead at Truzy, which is a new curated digital art platform and NFT marketplace that is built on Tezos. So just so everyone joining us um, understands kind of the lay of the land here before I introduce Chris, um, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the plans for Truzy and have a conversation amongst the two of us. Um, and then we will open it up to questions from the audience. So if you have a question for Chris, please be sure to leave it in the stage chat. We'll be monitoring throughout the course of the event. Um, and we'll make sure that we get to them in the Q&A. So um, with that, uh, Chris, so excited to have you uh, uh, on T-Quorum today. Why don't we just start with you giving a little bit of your background? What's your experience? And what were you doing before Truzy? Sure, cool. <laughs> Good to be here. Hello, everyone. Uh, one thing I wanted to say is uh, I listened to all of the T-Quorums as a podcast. And so if you are uh, aware that that's a thing, we do release the T-Quorums as podcasts. And um, I recently listened to the one with David Brian Marshall. Uh, sorry, Brian David Marshall. And um, even though I was listening on a podcast, I could tell that he had a fresh haircut for T-Quorum. And uh, <laughs> I apologize for showing up without a fresh haircut. Uh, but maybe I'm looking pretty clean. Uh, cool. So... I um I have been a Web two entrepreneur um, since two thousand six, um, largely in the New York City area. I've worked for many New York City startups. I um, got my start at a virtual worlds company called the Electric Sheep Company, uh, where I was the chief creative officer. We did a lot of work around Second Life, uh, two thousand six. That was the the app du jour, and um, and we brought in a lot of brands and celebrities uh, into Second Life. And so if anyone remembers the hype around Second Life back then. We were uh, drove a lot of the mag magazine covers and, and news articles. I, uh, I left the Electric Sheep Company with a little bit of gaming under my belt. Uh, I did some gamification work uh, around apps. I fell in love with the, with the iPhone. And when the iPhone dev kit first came out, I left Virtual Worlds for mobile. Uh, I worked at a, at a company called Hot Potato, which was acquired by Facebook. I then worked for GroupMe, um, who was acquired by Skype, which was quickly acquired by Microsoft. And so I spent a good six months at Microsoft. I, um, I've done a lot of other stuff where I've either been the first employee or a co-founder or most commonly the title of head of product. Um, I was a co-founder of a data science research lab called Fast Forward Labs, uh, which we sold to Cloudera. Uh, I left that for an innovation studio called Neo, which really was um, a lean startup studio and then turned into a, a graver sort of innovation studio, which we sold to Pivotal Labs. Uh, I spent the last five years at a startup studio called Five Four Ventures, where I was head of product for the studio, and then I was head of product for every venture we launched within that studio model. And that model was um, two startups a year. Um, really, I did it for four years, and so I uh, have built a lot of startups. Uh, love building apps. Uh, that's sort of my DNA. So, why then the NFT space? How did you become? I mean, besides the wonderful. Uh coworkers that you get to work with every day. What exactly attracted you to, to the NFT space in particular? Sure, so I've been following the kind of crypto space forever. Um, I had Bitcoin in the Bitcoin pizza days, the first Bitcoin pizza days, not the yesterday Bitcoin pizza days, um, when, there was a, when there was a Bitcoin faucet that you just clicked and it gave you one Bitcoin. And uh, I have none of that, I lost it all. I, um, I'm generally like from a, a user-centered design background. And so when I look at tech and and apps, I really think about like um, 
is this usable by normal people and uh, you know the mass market if you will and so i had given up on bitcoin back then i then tuned back in for crypto kitties uh you know i thought oh maybe this is it maybe i can get into crypto and use uh, my my human center design background to build apps for people and um nope it wasn't ready then either um i had bought a crypto kitty it was hard it was hard and expensive to do things with them and i thought okay this is not ready yet uh and so then fast forward to last summer um so so there's actually two reasons why i found fell in love with nfts um the first is i'm also an artist and so i do primarily acrylic on canvas although the last couple of years i've been doing digital works on my ipad and um i just started thinking about social coins and then more specifically, how do I authenticate my artworks, my physical artworks, uh, so that when buyers have it, they know they have them original. And so that's when I like really dug into NFTs. And, and I thought the use case at first was that, which is like, I have physical works, I'm gonna make an NFT and, um, and then people can authenticate it. And then as I dug in, that's a challenging problem, not an unsolvable problem, but it was like, well, I can do a QR code. And then I realized people can copy the QR code or I can do an NFC tag. And I realized you can spoof an NFC tag. And so then I started digging into like, well, what are NFTs good at? And uh, am I landed more on the pure digital art side? And so that's like really what, what piqued my interest in digital in, in NFTs in general. And then around that time, I just saw a lot more high quality uh, cryptocurrency apps. Um, I realized that the technology had matured, that the, you know, a lot of stuff could be done on the front end and with JavaScript now. And then I started to put it all together, which is like, oh, this NFT stuff is really cool. It's finally, the, the crypt cryptocurrency space is finally mature enough uh, to build great consumer apps and, and consumer experiences on. And so all of that sort of came together. And, um, and that was when I can, kind of got in touch with the crew at TQ and started talking about uh, NFTs and, uh, and apps. Which leads me to my logical next question, which is that explains why NFTs, why Tezos-based NFTs, why why Tezos? Yeah, so I um, I think there are a few reasons, and um, and and even speaking more even to NFTs, which is um, I'm kind of a, I describe myself as an artist. I describe myself as head of product. I have a computer science degree, and so uh, some, one of my identities is as a computer scientist. And um, so one, that's another angle of NFTs when I realized like, oh, this just this isn't just digital art. This is like um, just a powerful new technology that can um, solve a lot of problems beyond art. And then art just being the first uh, obvious use case and one that's clearly resonating with the market and with normal consumers. Uh, I chose Tezos for, for basically two reasons, three, I guess. Um, one is, uh, I mean, so many reasons if I think about it, one, I, I knew some of the people who worked, uh, on Tezos. And so I just knew really smart people, uh, some of the smartest people I knew, whether they were engineers or designers, like the people working around Tezos just, just were really switched on, really friendly. Um, so that was one avenue Two, I read the white paper, uh, was totally sold, uh, on on-chain governance. And so I think, uh, it's a it's just so powerful and when i think about a blockchain that might be around 500 years from now um you know i thought tezos has the mechanism to to survive and so the, the on-chain governments was really big for me uh the third being um the dev tools are really mature uh that was um i pretty quickly landed on some of the github repos and the dev tools around Tezos. And that was like, again, where the light bulb clicked. I was like, oh, I, I, I really can build stuff on this. Uh, yeah, you know, the blockchain is ready. It's funny because there was 
I think Open Minter maybe existed, um, but there was very little uh, NFTs on, on the blockchain, but all of the core stuff was there and the dev tools were there. And so that was exciting to me. And then finally, um, I'll say this in a, in a very honest way, is that the, the eco footprint of Tezos was really attractive to me. Um, proof of stake is just more attractive to me than proof of work networks uh, from that regard. And and to, to reinforce that, I uh, have a I have a small daughter. I have a you know my my daughter at the end at the, in last summer, and really started to rethink a lot of the work I had been doing as I like for the first time in my life had to confront like the future generation. And uh, even like one of our products at the, the the startup studio, one of the last things I built before I left is a dietary fiber supplement. It's mostly organic. It's like, there's a lot of good. It's good for people's gut health. There's a lot of positives to it, but I couldn't help but thinking about all of the plastic we were shipping in these plastic tubs. Um, and so I was just sort of on that tip anyway. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the environmental footprint of proof of stake versus proof of work drew me also towards Tezos. Yeah, I think it just makes sense. Um, if you're it, it, cryptocurrency can do so many great things, it can be a force for good. But if you can do it in an eco friendly way, like why not choose that way? Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we should be building technology to, in, you know, to, to make progress. Um, yep. So obviously, that's a very common argument of, well, how much electricity does the banking system create? And first of all, like I care about art, I don't care about banks. So one, I don't care about that <laughs> argument. And then number, and like I would never build, I would never make a painting that took a month's worth of my energy to make it, you know. Um, so one, I think more about it from the art side, but then separately, even from the banking side, it's like, well, we should be trying to do better. Yeah. For sure. So let's let's talk a little bit. We've, we've talked a lot about Tezos and NFTs and your background. Let's 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 get to talking about Truzy. Um, so us the folks at TQ, some of us started talking with DMA United, who are obviously our partners in this, um, who know a ton about the fashion lifestyle world. Uh, there are a lot of NFT marketplaces out there now. Uh, what makes Truzy different? What would you say are kind of the things that make Truzy unique? Sure. And uh, I'll just take one step back and say that um, I I joined TQ around January. Uh, I've been focused on on Truzy since about then. Uh, I know you guys have been working on it much longer. Um, I, I don't have the full origin story, or at least I would butcher it. But I know that um, TQ and, and DMA have been interested in this long before um, the, the, the NFT boom. And uh, even when I joined in January, it was before the NFT boom. And uh, so we were sketching out a plan of something very thoughtful that we wanted to do. And um, it's pretty wild how the NFT boom happened. And uh, we launched right into the middle of it, uh, which was certainly not the intended plan. And um, I, throughout my career, have launched the weird early stuff that you spend most of your energy trying to convince people that they want to use it. And uh, that's that's how we started on Truzy. And then we just launched into a thing where um, I was walking my dog and I met a neighbor and he said, what do you do for a living? And I said, what do you know about NFTs? And the answer was they knew a lot about NFTs, you know? And so we had that conversation. And so what we're trying to do with Truzy is build, um, first and foremost, a curated marketplace. And so there are lots of NFT marketplaces. Uh, there are even many on Tezos now. Uh, there are many where anyone can upload art, um, and then there are a handful that are more curated, and, and, and um, I'll just say curated. And so one is we're trying to create a highly curated um, NFT marketplace. Uh, one, one reason why is um, obviously we want to keep the level really high. We're trying to build a certain kind of collector base. We're trying to speak to a certain kind of consumer. 
but also there are artists and personalities and other talent that are highly sensitive to the other people on the platforms um, that they are, are sharing. And so, for example, I mean, you might not want your NFT on a platform that is selling the Forbes cover or selling a Playboy NFT, right? And so first and foremost, um, Truzy is meant to be very curated. Uh, from a from an artist perspective, we also like want to make it very personal to the artist. And so we take a lot of our cues from museums and art galleries. And so when an artist drops, they have the whole homepage. Uh, it's one person at a time. It's not like we're dropping three or four artists uh, on, a, on a Wednesday. Uh, one artist at a time. So they get their own sort of moment on the homepage. And then they have their own gallery page. And so when you click through, you see the artist page. We use their logo in the upper, upper left, not the Truzy logo. We have their bio information on the page so you can learn more about the artist. And so uh, we just try to make it really personal for the artist uh, by giving them their own gallery pages. Um, you know, we touched on eco-friendly. So I'll... I'll, I'll cruise through that, but I do think it's important. And um, it's something that's certainly resonating with a lot of our partners. Um, you know, uh, uh, Truzy exists at the intersection of fashion art, music, entertainment, and sports. And um, fashion art music is really sensitive to environmental concerns right now. And um, so we're built on Tezos. We get that for free, uh, but it sort of became one of our marketing and sales angles. Certainly, you know, we chose to build this on Tezos because of the, the eco-friendliness of it. Uh, but that's an important angle for us. And then I'll, I'll leave with two more points. So one, we want to do cooler things with NFTs. And so, um, you know, we have a number of different uh, NFT types that are beyond images and beyond MP4s. I think those are both great, by the way. Um, but one of the things that uh, we really talked a lot about is um, what we're calling dynamic NFTs. And these are NFTs that can evolve over time. And so we have an artist who has... Um, 72 portraits of a individual, uh, 72 beautiful black and white portraits. People will be interested in all 72 of them. Um, and the way he wants to release it is that you buy the ultimate portrait and it's just one of the black and whites. And then um, on the first of every month, you go back to your collection on Truzy or, um, or you know, look at your NFT on the blockchain and the artwork has actually updated. And so that's like an example of like how we're trying to push the art form forward. Uh, one is dynamic NFTs. We're also interested in like these composable NFTs where you buy different layers and then um, you can compose your own unique image from it. And so there's a portion of Truzy where we're really just trying to push what people are doing with NFTs and, and trying to do new things. And then I'll leave with, uh, with something that is like near and dear to me, which is um, I really just wanted to build a highly usable, friendly um, app that we could sell people their first NFT. And so I imagine that some of our artists get press in relatively mainstream publications. Um, certainly the, the NFT education has happened, which I, which I didn't expect, but the NFT has happened. But very few people are buying NFTs in, in reality. It's like, you know, probably tens of thousands of people are buying NFTs where like hundreds of millions of people use Twitter. And so I want someone to like see a tweet, see a post on Hypebeast or their favorite Instagram um, celebrity and then just wind up on Truzy and make it really easy, like abstract the difficulty that some people have in setting up wallets um, and getting even obtaining cryptocurrency, letting people pay with their credit card. And so that's um, sort of a fifth pillar. If I go through them, it's like curated, personal, uh, eco-friendly, you know, dynamic NFTs and new NFT types, and then uh, user-friendly experience. And I think on the user-friendly experience part, it's so important to, um 
both give give credit to the folks who are working at Kukai because I think without Kukai and embedded Kukai and having that direct off, that just makes for such a seamless user experience on Truzy so that you know somebody who comes to the site can log in with their Google account or their Twitter account and pay with their credit card and boom, they have they have an NFT that's on the blockchain. So it just happens. And then um yeah, kudos to, to Kukai. I I had this tweet like right after we launched. It was it was super like super fun and I was very proud to launch and and uh, I remember when I first wrote Hello World on a yeah, I remember like when I was a kid, I wrote some basic. And then I remember like when I started learning the program, I wrote, wrote Hello World. And then I remember my first web page. And then I remember my first iPhone app. And then I will never forget my first blockchain app. You know, it's like super, super empowering. And then I was frozen to tweet because there are just so many people to thank. I'm sure many at this event, you know, where it's like the obvious people are TQ. Uh, so much support of TQ. You know, we have our own Truzy team, but then there's greater support by the TQ team, people working on smart contracts, people auditing smart contracts, um, Kukai, uh, Heroes Work. And then just then when you start to go that far, then it's like, and all of the people working on the protocol, the people who define FA2, the metadata standards, it's like there are just so many people in this community that um, built the underlying tools uh, that allow us to launch Truzy and make something that is. Uh, user-friendly and has high empathy for the user. So maybe you said you wanted people to be able to buy their first NFTs. Um, and you talked a little bit about some of the dynamic NFTs. I mean, obviously st there are static NFTs on the site, um, but maybe taking that a step further, not just dynamic NFTs, but what are the kinds of experiences or what are what are some of the kinds of things, I guess, that Truzy is doing with NFTs to, to make the Truzy community kind of interact with the artists who drop on the platform. Sure. So I um there's a few things to talk about there. One is like we're trying to move beyond art for art's sake. I mean, I love art. I have this painting behind me. I make art. I make digital art. Um, no disrespect to art for art's sake. Uh, but there's a lot of NFT art out there. And um, we really think of NFTs as like um, a way to connect creators and collectors and and in doing so unlocking experiences for them. And so some of it is actually um, even as straightforward as um, next Thursday, we have a Miami-based artist named Alex Mejeres. His work is very expensive. Um, you know, he's a fine artist. It's not it's not outrageous work, but for a fine artist, you know, you might buy his sculpture for a hundred grand. Um, and he's got a big following on Instagram. And there are very few collectors of his compared to people who want to collect. And so, by just releasing NFTs at a price point that you can buy, it's like you can finally own an Alex Mejeres. Um, he's he's a super for good for a friendly person great personality and so there's just that dynamic of like making collectibles from fine art uh that anyone can get their hands on and so that sort of is where it starts um but beyond that we want to like have the nft itself um unlock experiences and uh um, and brian david marshall had mentioned you know he has a term that i think he said on t quorum which is like nf keys um which is a little corny but super powerful uh and that uh, you hold this nft and it can unlock experiences and so we have one example so far, which is um, two weeks ago, we launched with a kind of a youth culture streetwear designer named Imran Potato. And um, every NFT you purchased, uh, so Imran makes, uh, he makes hats, he makes hoodies, he makes t-shirts, he makes shoes. He, it's highly coveted, it sells out instantly. Uh, it's very hard to get. And so if you had one of the NFTs, for every NFT you bought actually, he sent you just a mystery box of Imran potato stuff. And so that's one good example of uh, what I would call like a redeemable. It's like you have the NFT and now you can redeem it for merch. 
Uh, you have another interesting dynamic, which is he was selling three different NFTs. If you bought all three NFTs, we airdrop a fourth NFT onto you. And so it's just another reward mechanism, purely digital. Um, but I also like the idea of, um, you know, you hold the NFT and that means uh, you can get the, a studio visit. Like if you're in Miami and you have the NFT, Alex will show you the studio, you know. Um, if you're at New York Fashion Week and you hold the NFT, you get into the party. And so I think there's like a lot of real world event and real world uh, digital world connections between the two i'm also bullish on purely digital experiences and so it can be you hold the nft and you unlock a special section on the artist's site imagine it's your favorite musician you have their nft and when you go to their website we can validate you have the nft and you have a a, a private experience there um but even things more more simple to imagine which is like um a salon dinner, like a Zoom-based salon series with the artist. They do it once a month. They meet their fans. You're holding the NFT. You get into it, and then maybe you're done. You've been to three of them. Uh, you don't need you don't need to go again. And you can put this up on the secondary market. Someone else buys that NFT who wants that experience, and um, and now they get access to it. You know. And so I think yeah, I think you know just the general notion of like unlocking experiences with your NFT. It's something really unique. It's something this technology enables. Uh, it's something that was very hard to do in the past, especially when you think about handing it to your friend or selling it on the secondary market. Yeah, I too have stolen the um, the NF keys uh, phrase from Brian and use that a lot because I, I do think it's important that what that ownership allows you to do and what these secondary markets uh, allow you to do that kind of hasn't been possible before. I mean, sure, you could always show something is um you know a, a kind of traditional ticket or something that gets you into something gives you access but actively having a place where you can trade those things um and also what's possible given the blockchain concerning like who actually profits from that um i think just really is taking this to a to a whole other level i agree there's just a, just one other thing i'm interested in is um for, i'll just call it proof of attendance and so i actually think this is something that tezos is is um pretty uniquely positioned to do um, because on some of the other networks, it's very expensive to mint NFTs. It's very expensive to transfer NFTs. And on Truzy, it's very affordable. I mean, on, on Tezos, it's very affordable. With Truzy, it's very affordable. So you could do things like, well, you show up to the concert. And so we can give you the NFT that proves you were at the concert, right? And then if you've been to five of those concerts, we can reward you with merch from that artist. And, um, you know, the NFT dialogue right now is very much... Uh, around selling nfts and making revenue and selling nfts but that's not like the only use of nfts and uh, there's some notion where you can gift them or give them away i mean kakai is pretty amazing you can send an nft to any twitter account or any google account you can like my tweet and because you like my tweet i can send you an nft and so there's a lot of really highly engaging things we can do with them beyond selling them so um, friendly reminder to everyone, if you have questions, please put them in the chat. We'll keep going, but I just wanted to drop that uh, reminder. Uh, so so we've talked a little bit about um, Truzy and what's possible. And I know you've talked about that in the context of some former drops that we've done. Uh, what can we say about upcoming drops? What's, what's up next on Truzy? Sure. So we certainly have a... Um a few secrets uh, and surprises to, to unveil on people. And so I'll leave those aside. Um, so next week we are um, releasing an artist named Alex Meharis. Um, Alex is a, a Cuban um, American Miami artist. He's very much Miami and um, his work is really great. And he's been really great to work with. And so I'm super excited about Alex's work. It comes out May 27th. Um, 
After that, we're working with the um, Nelson Mandela family, House of Mandela, and uh, we will release some original Nelson Mandela artworks. Uh, and so we're honored and excited for that. Uh, we have Super Bowl star, uh, former New York Giant Victor Cruz, uh, is going to release some NFTs with us later in the month. And, um, you know, Victor is well known for his sports career, but he's also known for uh, philanthropy, for fashion. And uh, I think we'll lead with his football highlights and, um, and then move into some of exciting fashion stuff he has coming uh, later in the year, um, including some tie-ins to some, some products he's thinking about. Um, we have Casey Spoomer from Fisher Spoomer. Uh, Casey is a, a musician that many people know, but also a performance artist and uh, an all-around artist. And, uh, you know, Casey got his start in galleries in New York City, and he was designing the music for his gallery shows. And then his music just got really popular. And so um, he's very excited to use this medium to get back to his art roots. Uh, and so certainly, you know, I think there'll be some music components to it. Um, but also, Casey is just an all around artist and, and will do some artworks with us. Uh, and some of the, the, the short term stuff, I, uh, I am a, as a lifelong street art uh, graffiti fan and excited about a, a Rome based street artist, Alice Pesquini, that we, we're working with. I have been a fan of hers for a very long time. Um, so I'm excited that she's on our roster. There's a sort of a fashion influencer magazine, I mean, a fashion. Well, I don't mean influencer in the old, in the new sense of Instagram. I mean, like, there's a, a magazine called Style. Legitimate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a, a, you know, a, a magazine called Style Zeitgeist. It, it comments on fashion and it's very uh, influential. And uh, they're interested in, you know, they're signed up on Truzy to do some stuff with us. So we've got a lot of cool stuff. It's all like at the intersection of fashion, art, and music. Um, a lot of it touches my interests in hip hop, uh, streetwear, graffiti fashion and then some of it the luxury fashion and then some of it the luxury fine art so obviously we're, we won't talk too long term but what do you hope to see from the community not just the community of creators but the people who start to become engaged in buying you know nfts and engaging with the platform on truzy you know what are your kind of hopes for the community that's built around truzy yeah i think um one is that it does feel like a community and that um you're turned on to new artists and you know that these are all, you know, our, our artists and our partners are all like-minded. And so uh, there's a, a rhyme and reason to all of this. And so if you were a Justin Bua fan, we, we released the artwork with Justin Bua last week, just goes by Bua. Uh, you can, you can see the work on the site now. And it's like, well, if you're a Bua fan, um, you should be introduced. If you don't know a lot about Victor Cruz, you should be introduced to Victor Cruz. Um, you know, you should know more about Alex Mejeres. And so one, I hope that like, we do have a strong community that starts to develop and that it is uh, super like-minded. And I think of it a lot like, uh, like, you know, just things I know, like sneaker culture uh, and hype, you know, streetwear culture, um, where you have a, a community of people who are interested in similar products or similar artists in a sense. And, um, and identify, you know, identify in a tribe uh, and identify with each other. And, you know, I'm, um, you know, New York City is starting to open up for anyone who's here, you know, it's undeniable. And so I'm interested in the community coming together offline and whether that means we're meeting at crypto conferences or NFT conferences or we're all at, um, you know, ComplexCon. I, uh, I am interested in like the community evolving from online to offline. 
So we have our first questions from the audience um, and, you know, a statement from, from Vince, who, who likes the piece that you have in the background. But for, in terms of the first question, uh, it's what do you think it will take for NFTs and blockchain technology in general to become more adopted by everyday users? Yeah, it's like the, that's the big question. Um, so one, I think NFTs have been this sort of gateway drug to blockchain for a lot of people. Um, you know, there are things in, in the blockchain world that uh, spike interest and wane interest. This happens over and over again. And, and who knows where NFTs are in that cycle. But NFTs feel to me like the first thing that have touched the third rail, uh, where obviously it was on SNL. I literally, I, I, I rattled off my resume in the beginning and my mom knows what an NFT is. She didn't know any of the other stuff I did, you know, like even group messaging <laughs> was an abstract concept to her. And so we are introducing the people to crypto and I think um, to, to blockchain. And I think uh, this is like an important start. I will say I, uh, there, there are like these, um, I'll just call them like these blockchain sleeper cells inside of large companies. And so, you know, in this position in Truzy, I get to talk to tons of companies from museums to, you know, some of the big fashion companies. And uh, we're finding a lot of people who are like, in fact, many people who have bought in at the Tezos ICO uh, and have been kind of quietly blockchain people now see NFTs as an opportunity to bring uh, blockchain and Tezos specifically to their organizations. And so like NFTs are starting to like activate what I think of as like these sleeper cells inside of larger companies to, to broaden block blockchain. And then, and then I hear them saying things like, yeah, cool. We want to do NFTs, but we also want to be a baker, you know? And it's like, Oh, your organization is starting to think bigger, um, right now. And so that's one way to answer it. The other, and the more obvious is, um, the user experience still has a lot to be desired. Um, I pay for the, my, subway ride with apple pay like i just walk to the subway and i tap it and i go in and uh, there is no blockchain equivalent to that um and so i think just across the board better apps more friendly consumer experiences native apps for mobile uh, a lot more mobile there's a lot of like mobile yeah it's like i've spent the last many many years designing everything mobile first, because when you look at any sort of websites, Google Analytics traffic, you get like at best an 80-20 split of 80% mobile users, 20% um, desktop users. And then when I sort of evaluate the blockchain space, I see a lot of people doing desktop first and subpar mobile experiences. And so I think there's still a long way to go. Um, and then more utility. I think, um, I think NFTs actually help the utility case. Um, I don't want to buy tickets from Ticketmaster anymore. I want to buy them directly from the artist. I want to have a great app on my phone, tap something when I get to the Madison Square Garden and and um, and go to the show. I know that some of the middlemen have been cut out along the way. So we have a ways uh, a ways to go, but it, as you said, it is it is getting better. I think we've hit a, a, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, the tools are ready. The tools are ready. You know, one of the things is to um, my God, there's so many talented people in the blockchain space, um, especially. Um, on the technology and the engineering side of things. And um, we're starting to see, I think NFTs also had this effect where you start to see like the Silicon Valley crowd starting to creep over. And, mm -hmm. um, and I have my own thoughts about the Silicon Valley crowd, but there are a lot of great product designers in that world and, um, and bringing, you know, just like making it less intimidating and, uh, and bringing more people over. You know, like I had mentioned the last time I wanted to get into blockchain was in those crypto kitty days. And um, I have this deep network of tech people, venture, uh, New York City tech. And I didn't know anyone who worked at any of the blockchain companies. And uh, I would look at LinkedIn and they were like all these math PhDs. And I would cold email them like, I love products. I wanna make great products for you. I would never hear back. 
Uh, and but like now the community and the space is just more welcoming and um, and, it, and it doesn't even have to be welcoming. The tools are mature enough that a, a great product designer can come in and just build something without your help. Um, and I think that will help sort of evolve the whole industry. Great. So the next question is, what kind of opportunities does Truzy and do NFTs unlock for artists that aren't possible in the traditional art market? So I think um, there are many, but but the um, one really big one, they're like I have like so many ideas. I'm trying to like now consolidate. So one is like cutting out the middleman, and so in the traditional art market. Um, you know, a gallery can take up to 60% of the sale or, or uh, you know, depending on your prominence, uh, takes a piece of the sale, right? And so as a collector of, of fine art in New York City, uh, of emerging artists, which is what I like, uh, we often go to the shows and meet the artists and then DM them afterwards and then go visit their studio and then buy something at their studio. And it's like, I buy it for half the price and the artist gets more of the money. And so everyone loves this, right? And so clearly NFTs and blockchain just help cut out the middleman uh, to a big extent. And so that's one. Uh, two is um, a, a global audience. Uh, it's hard to have a global audience with traditional mar art market. It's hard to ship art across the world. It's very expensive. Uh, so having a global audience um, and, and by that, I mean, like people who buy your work, but also people who love you and support you and boost your work, which is like really important too. So I'll say that's the second one. Um, a third one is um, from the traditional art market. I mean, I do think there's like a deeper collector fan, uh, like collector creator engagement thing that can happen fundamentally because of the internet. But again, if you went into a gallery and you bought a piece on the wall, you weren't at the opening, you didn't meet the artist, you may never meet the artist, you know? And uh, maybe you exchange Twitter DMs, um, but you have no real connection to them. And um, and certainly when you like meet them out in public, no real proof that you own their piece or bought their piece. And so there's like a, an engagement factor there as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I, you know, there's a lot of other things. Um, I think a lot of it really does come down to like empowering artists, uh, letting them find new audiences globally, and um, then giving them a tool to have you prove your fandom. And I mean, on the flip side, I was going to say on the flip side of that, it, it empowers artists, but it also empowers fans and collectors in a in a way that I think is fundamentally different, um, and hopefully allows more people to get involved than than ever before. Uh, yeah, and I'll say the other thing, like, you know, I just see in the space is NFTs funding creative projects. And um, often it, those um, artists will then reward the original uh, buyers. And so I really like the idea. I mean, this is not something that we're announcing or that anyone's even committed to. But it's like, if you bought the, you know, our first NFT was Greg Yuma. Uh, Greg Yuma is a jeweler. He's famous for making Floyd Mayweather's jewelry for making um, uh, Drake's watches, uh, but also he sells art. Uh, he sells art made out of jewelry that people hang on their walls. And so then he came into digital space to make, make digital art. And it's like, I would love to, you know, at some point in the future, reward the buyers of, uh, of Greg Yuma's NFT, uh, which is easily done on the blockchain and, and with NFT technology. Yeah. All right. Well, I think those are all the questions we have and all the time we have for today. So thanks so much again, Chris, um, for joining us. Thanks to our audience and everyone who listened and who will listen. Um, if you want to catch up on any of our past sessions, 
All of the sessions are available to stream on your favorite platform, um, which you can find at tquorum.com. And this session will be available this coming Friday. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at tquorum with an underscore at the end for updates on our next session. So thanks, everyone, and we'll hope to see you at the next one. Catch you guys later. Thanks.